Next on BYU Sports Nation, the biggest concern heading into the big house and the BYU-Michigan game. ESPN analyst Chris Spielman rejoins the show. What does the Buckeye really think of Michigan, and how has BYU changed since he called the Nebraska game? Plus, national championship swagger back in Studio B. Jim Herman of the 84 BYU football team on what it would mean to beat Michigan again. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? BYU Sports Nation back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 24th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Wonderful to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the freshly shorn Jerem Jordan. The locks are gone. It's time to grow up. Are you feeling oh, cold that, in Studio B? No, not like when we shaved my head. <laughs> this is the second haircut uh, since the shaving, by the way. That's it. I've saved a lot of money. You've the, cut your hair twice I've since cut my hair, early March. Yes. That's the fewest amount of times I've cut my hair in a six-month period ever. It's when been nice. You, Maybe I need to do that it, every March. When did you cut it for the first time after the shave? Uh... Like three months, three or four, probably four months after. Okay, so it was like July. So you haven't cut your hair since July. I don't think so. I can't remember. Wow. Maybe you, Big D Daniel. You're a new man. Is Am the I a new man? Is the happiest person in your life your wife? Uh, No, she wanted it, me to keep it long. She liked the yeah. long hair. Yeah, it was time though. But enough wow. about me. We have, we have lots of stuff to there cover today. You know, that we do. How about Kyle Van Noy on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon last night? Well, kind of. In a way. Listen to this. He was named most likely to be Joe Jonas's reflection on a doorknob. I can't say that's way off. That's pretty funny. And then Kyle tweeted, Kyle tweeted this morning. Um, Thanks to Jimmy Fallon for trying to clown on me last night. No, he clowned on uh, you. He did. Yep. Yeah. It was funny. That's straight up. Yeah. You have to be able to laugh. <laughs> if you're in the spotlight, believe me, have we have we not taken our fair share of blows from Sure. Yeah. Verbal blows from the different people across BYU Sports Nation. No, everyone's cool on Twitter. No one's mean. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, hey. how about my 53540, okay? Yeah. Well, that was self-induced. Man. Um 50 days until BYU opens the basketball season, by the way. At or sorry, Against Utah Valley in the Marriott Center in the Parkway Series. Are we implementing another countdown on this no! show? No! No, please no. No. Please no. Big they, time they, show today. No way. Chris Spillman, back on the show for the second time in less than a month. ESPN right. college football analyst and insider, former NFL All-Pro. He's going to call the BYU-Michigan game with Sean McDonough on Saturday. Also, 1984 national champion Jim Herman in Studio B. Jeremy, you remember what happened the last time we had an 84 national champion studio, don't you? Yeah, uh, Glenn Kozlowski tried to kiss me. <laughs> How could I forget? Oh, classic that an, moment. <laughs> that was an amazing classic moment for everyone moment but me. On BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Here are your BYUSN headlines. Game day for the Giants and Redskins on CBS and NFL Network 825 Eastern. Wani Unga 
and Dallas Reynolds play for the Giants. Unga leads the New York football Giants with 17 tackles this season. Not bad. USA Today projects BYU versus Cincinnati in the Hawaii Bowl. Nope. That would be a rematch. Fail on the intern that put that one in there. Also, Tanner Mangum is number 18 in Yahoo Sports QB rankings among the top 25 teams. That's 10 spots below Josh Chosen Rosen. Let it play out. Mm-hmm. Sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer plays at Cal Poly tonight at 10 Eastern. They are wrapping up non-conference play before the WCC slate starts next week. And 10th-ranked women's volleyball starts West Coast Conference play tonight at San Francisco, 10 Eastern time as well. Two top 10 teams on campus. That's how we Top roll. 10 at 10. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Contemplating concerns. 22nd-ranked BYU visits the Big House and Michigan for the first time in program history this Saturday. ABC National, noon kickoff time, Eastern Standard Time. Both teams 2-1. and one. Both teams in a turning point crossroads type of game for the 2015 season. This would be a launching pad for BYU's hopes of pushing for a special season to go 3-1 and one in September before the Cougars return home for four straight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. For Michigan, this would be the first big win in the Jim Harbaugh campaign, knocking off a ranked team at home. Wait, beating Oregon State and UNLV weren't that? I kid, I kid. BYU's ranked. The storylines... Are flowing, like, Jerem. Like Aspen, which brings us to our Twitter question. What is your biggest concern in the BYU at Michigan game? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Bean Grubert. Stop their running game being overwhelmed at the line of scrimmage. That's a legit concern, especially because BYU gave up almost 300 yards against UCLA on the ground. Paul Perkins destroyed BYU, especially in that fourth quarter. Nate Starks had a long run. The BYU rush defense will be challenged because Michigan runs the rock. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. What is Michigan football? They have the seventh-ranked overall defense in the country right now, but it's difficult to gauge just how good the Wolverines are. Season opener at Utah, sloppy game. They lost by seven. Then two lopsided wins against an inferior Pac-12 team, Oregon State, and then bottom dweller of the Mountain West UNLV. So it's basically what do, an FCS team. What do we really know about Michigan football? That is my number one concern, is that we don't really know uh, who they are. So it's a one-score loss against Utah, but it's a two-score game, and then late they get a touchdown to make it a one-score. Okay, So it wasn't even that close. Then Oregon State, to me, is the second-worst team in the Pac-12 to Washington State. And Washington State is horrible. Lost to Alex Caressa in Portland State. The former BYU wide receiver, Jake Caress's uh, younger brother. I don't know what Michigan is. I know that they run the rock. I know that Jim Harbaugh is the coach, that he's good. I know that Jake Rudock isn't a very good quarterback, but is efficient when he throws the ball. Can't push it down the field. I, I know that they're going to be physical and run the rock a bunch. But I, don't, I, I know that the defense is good. I don't know how good. They're seventh in total defense. But they played two bad teams. Meanwhile, in comes BYU, who has challenged itself to the highest degree in the first three games at Nebraska, Boise State at home, and at UCLA. We think we know more about BYU than Michigan. Therefore, question marks. That's a concern. The unknown. Is Michigan a good team? Are they just okay? I don't know. I don't think they're very good. I think BYU wins the game. Michigan's still favored by, what, five and a half in this? That's the thing. Michigan is a five and a half point favorite, which I thought I thought the line would be closer. If At least Boise State, you know, Boise State was a three-point favorite against BYU. BYU's 3-0 against spread, just 
JS, just saying. Okay, so you have presented a bunch of unknowns. Let's look at the things that we feel confident in knowing about Michigan, which is number one, they like to run the ball, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Michigan has run the ball 63% of the time over the last two games. So against Utah, they ran for 76 yards total. Their long was seven. The Utah rush defense was really good. Therefore, they, Michigan had to throw the ball a bunch. Three interceptions by Jake And Rudolph. three interceptions. I believe he threw, what, five all of last year at He's Iowa? thrown five this year. <laughs> Gee. So week, week two, yeah, 65% rushing, 225 on the ground. Four touchdowns against Oregon State. 61% rushing against UNLV on the pass-to-rush ratio, 254 and three touchdowns. They will run the rock. They're running it two out of every three downs, roughly. Over the last two games. And that's not common. Bronco Mendenhall said it Monday. Hey, they're, they're Stanford. Stanford was line them up, tight ends, fullbacks. There was a seven off O-lineman uh, formation on a fourth and one that UNV actually stopped. Um, so Michigan's going to run the ball. Uh, they'll throw it occasionally. They have a couple good receivers, a good tight end, of course. We mentioned Jake Butt and had fun with that, of course. But, Hashtag smack Jake Butt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Blaine wow. Fowler, for yeah. that. Thank you, Blaine. They're going to run the rock. Here's the thing, and I've been saying it the last couple of days. The rushing style is different for Michigan versus UCLA. That's a spread them out, speed, hand off to Paul Perkins. BYU can hang when you crowd in the box. It's not Wisconsin. It's Michigan. They're not at that level yet. Bronco Mendenhall was asked about the potential return of Travis Tuiloma to that defensive front, which would be enormous because he was a disruptor against Nebraska. And Bronco said, well, it'd be a great time to get him back because Michigan's going to run the ball about 5,000 times. That would be a lot of plays. 5,000, that would be a, a lot. But if you watched the show earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday, Steve Kafusi told us that the plan is for Travis Tuiloma to play in the game. You may have never noticed him in a game before, but he is a big deal. We'll ask Chris Spielman coming up next the impact that Travis Tuiloma was having on the Nebraska game. Oh, he pointed it out during the Nebraska game. He was huge on Tuiloma's impact and said, hey, look, he's been out in the second half. Nebraska's finally starting to find a footing offensively with him out of the game. That might be the key to win. Travis Tuiloma playing in the game. He's that good. Number two, things we are confident we know about Michigan. We know they like to run the ball. And secondly, Michigan's defense plays a very physical style of football. You know who's buying into what Michigan's defense can do? Blaine Fowler. He said this earlier in the week. Michigan's defense, this is the best defense BYU's seen this year. They're, they're as good or better than Boise State. They're, better, they're, better, than, than they're better than UCLA defensively. They're physical. They're really, really sound. And I've watched that defense. I've watched them every game. They're getting better every quarter. What can BYU's offense do against a Michigan defense that is only giving up 92 rush yards a game? Well, the rush game, a point of emphasis and a concern for me for sure. But my number one concern, Jerem, is what can BYU's pass offense with the true freshman quarterback Tanner Mangum do against Michigan's pass defense that is only giving up 144 yards per game through the air? And this is... Michigan's biggest challenge so far in terms of passing offense, BYU, uh, one of the better pass offense in the country, top 30. Um, So now Tanner Mangum goes in, and and BYU's ready for this game. They have played three tough games, two on the road already. Tanner Mangum's third start. 
BYU is ready for this challenge. This isn't the one big game in non-conference that BYU is playing in a in a regular type of year, maybe in the past. This is the BYU, third big road this game. This is the third big road game and fourth big game. And BYU's won two of those three. They've lost one game by one point. I like the style matchup. I think BYU can hang. It was a bloodbath in practice earlier this week, according to Bronco Mendenhall, because they worked on tackling. Can you teach tackling in a couple of days? We'll see. You would think not, but I think BYU will be improved. And I think, I think the underrated storyline is what you're talking about. Everyone's talking about, can BYU stop Michigan's rush, rush offense? To me, can the BYU offense move the rock on this uh, good Michigan defense? That's what I'm saying. I think yes is the answer. Can they move the ball? A game full of unknowns, which makes it great. College football is awesome. We don't know stuff, and we're going to find it out in the game. Can BYU weather the challenge of playing back-to-back road games, an early start time, which I think is a way overrated topic. You know, I just, BYU will be ready to play. They wanted to get on the plane in Los Angeles and fly to Ann Arbor. Early to rise, early to bed, early to rise. They you know? practice at 6 a.m. every day. They will be ready to play. Our conversation really happening. 6 a.m.? Yeah, well, they're That's up. so it's, early. Yes. Wow. So it's, it's not a, any sort of a deal. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN, join BYU Sports Nation, and answer today's Twitter question. What is your biggest concern in the BYU at Michigan game? Now to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At Jay Zojo Bryan. Will Coach and I play calling be more aggressive? We have twin tower receivers. No more field goals in the blue zone. It's okay to occasionally get a field goal. You would, yeah, you want touchdowns, but hey, BYU's nine for nine in the red zone. Six for nine touchdowns. Not bad. I have that as excellent, Jerem. Michigan's Coming eight up, for ten. Former NFL All Pro, college football insider Chris Spielman. He'll call the BYU Michigan game. What's his key for the Cougars? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are simulcast on BYU Radio Sirius XM one forty three. And BYU TV, the conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Chime in using the hashtag BYUSN. Countdown to kickoff is live Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Dave and Blaine will be live in Ann Arbor. Spencer, Brian Logan, Michael Lisa, and Gary Scheide in Provo. If you're local and you want to come hang out, be on the show. Doors open at 8.40 a.m. Mountain Time at the BYU Broadcasting Building just east of the Marriott Center. You can get on the pregame show, get on TV, enjoy that. Watch the game on a 27-foot screen that we roll down. It's basically, you're basically in a movie theater with a, bunch of, with a bunch of BYU fans. Free pizza at halftime. It's fantastic. Eight and up. Everybody show up. If you haven't reserved a seat online, just show up. Tell them Spencer sent you, and they'll let you in. Absolutely. That's how it works. Name drop. <laughs> if, if Spencer doesn't work, say, Matt Meese sent me, and they'll, they'll definitely let you in. You've been personally invited by Jerem Jordan, for crying out loud. But again, say Spencer sent you. <laughs> what is your biggest concern in the BYU at Michigan game? That is our Twitter topic today. At McKay underscore Allen says, a trap game. Three hard-fought and emotional games in a row. Now facing a very Harbaugh-esque Michigan team at the big house. I don't see um, it being a trap game in any way, shape, or form. And here's why. It's Michigan. The tradition. The helmets. The fight song. Harbaugh. I think Michigan has BYU's attention 100%. One million thousand percent. San Jose State's a trap game later, the week before Missouri. That's a trap game. Cincinnati, perhaps. You know, East Carolina. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, see, I see where you're going. Talking to the players and coaches this week. They're dialed in. They're ready. 
And it's the fourth. I, I, I get the fatigue factor of, man, physically that took a lot out of BYU, maybe emotionally. But I didn't get the feeling that BYU held on to that disappointment very long. They turned that into motivation. No, they wanted to turn Michigan. the page right away. Yeah. One coach said to you, can we get on the plane right now? And, and go, go play to, Michigan. And go play Michigan. That's the thing. The, the determination, the motivation after that emotional loss at UCLA, they want to get that taste out of their mouths. I think BYU, and you're always motivated to win. You want to win every game. But, but it's not always at the same level of motivation. But I feel like this team is the most motivated it has been all year because they're playing after a loss for the first time, after a game they thought 100% we should have won that game at UCLA and we need to get winning back in our minds. And BYU still has an opportunity to do stuff. I mean, because the schedule is tougher this year, after the first loss... BYU's not, oh, man, now we're, now we're just relegated to whatever bowl we've already committed to. The idea of something special is still there because the schedule is stronger. That's why. And that's not just coming from us. That is from several different national analysts that BYU still has a ton to play for. At Drew Scholl says penalties are his number one concern. We mm. can't bail out their defense with false starts and holding calls. The less our defense is on the field, the better. BYU's defense was only on the field at UCLA for 20, for minutes. 20 minutes. BYU held the ball for 40 minutes, the most in a game since 2010. Which is why they were in a great position to beat the number 10 team in the country. Can they, BYU they, do that against a run-heavy Michigan offense? Michigan will control the possession because they'll run the ball a lot. They'll get some first downs. They'll get into... Goal line, they'll put together 10-plus play drives. BYU had, what, an 11-play drive, a 16-play drive? There, there were some lo- – the, the Trevor Sampson field goal at the end of the game for BYU was a 16-play drive for BYU. Wow. I wish it had been a 17-play drive with a touchdown. At Family Budge says defensive tackling. How much will tackling be – discussed on Saturday because there have been moments where it's like, oh, BYU arm tackling against Nebraska. It hurt him on that Jordan Westerkamp touchdown. It should have gone for a loss. He scored a touchdown on it. And then there were moments when BYU needed an individual to make a play on Paul Perkins of UCLA. An unblocked guy couldn't make the play against an athletic running back. And those became huge chunks of yards as opposed to, say, a two- or six- or eight-yard run. They became 20s and 30s. And I think there were multiple 44-yard runs by Paul Perkins. That's a huge issue. Also, on the punt return, uh, you know, the long punt return that set up a score, make a play in the punt return game. There's all kinds of areas you can look at, but the number one area, you're right, is the linebackers and Defensive backs for BYU need to make tackles because the the line the D linemen are going to be neutralized to a degree. They're going to they're going to put a tight end on the line. You're going to have to have at least six on three. So those four linebackers need to come up and make plays. BYU confused UCLA because Bronco Mendenhall had a fantastic scheme. This time around, BYU knows what's coming, it's and Michigan vanilla. is not trying to make it a surprise. It is smash mouth. We want to out-physical you at the line and win this football game by controlling the line of scrimmage and holding on to the ball. That's what Michigan wants to do. It's an old-school style. It's a boring style in 2015, but it's one that Jim Harbaugh has been successful with at Stanford. Now, he doesn't have the same kind of weapons that he did. Andrew Luck and company, who is the running back, that uh, Toby Gearhart, 
right? They were, they were really good and had tremendous offensive line. There's a lot of experience on the offensive line for Michigan. But the, the story of the game to me is, can BYU's defense stop the Michigan run game? They're not an elite rush defense. Not, let's not act like they're uh, you know, Nebraska of the mid-90s with Tommy Frazier. They're, they're stoppable. Davion Smith, Ty Isaac, a couple good running backs. Isaac is a USC transfer, sat out last year. Play action pass, Jake Butt down the field, a couple other good receivers. It's, it's pretty simple stuff. Can BYU just be sound, make plays, and can BYU continue to force turnovers is another thing. In three of the last four games, you go back to the Miami Beach Bowl, BYU's picked off three passes. In three of the last four games, they're making plays on defense. The Cougars were opportunistic on defense, and that is why I am looking at BYU's offense being able to move the ball. BYU building a lead on the road against Michigan, if they can force the Wolverines to have to throw it more than they want to, BYU's going to win this game by two touchdowns. And you do that on first and second down. You force Jake Rudock to make a play, and that's where you have an advantage. Because Jake Rudock, although is, he's efficient, I think that's due to scheme. At Iowa and Michigan, you're running a similar kind of offense. He's not making plays down the field with his arm. That's not his, that's not his, his game. His game is play-action pass to the fullback or the tight end in an easy third-end, four-or-less situation. In fact, uh, Michigan has the shortest third-down average down in distance on third down in the country at third and five. At Y for Life, his number one concern for BYU at Michigan says that the Michigan defense will be able to stifle us and their power offense will keep BYU's defense on the field for long drives. We already talked about that. Time of possession. BYU looked tired at times, even in the first half, against UCLA. Even though their defense was only on the field for 20 minutes or so of game time. That's interesting. What can the Cougars do? when these long-sustained drives that Michigan wants to do are happening on Saturday morning, essentially, for BYU. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, Chris Spielman, ESPN college football analyst and former NFL All-Pro linebacker. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Chris, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, man, I feel like I'm the voice of the Cougars. <laughs> well, in a way, like you it. are. Yeah, two two games like in it. four weeks. Let's yeah. talk, let's talk about game number one, Chris. You called the manga miracle with Sean McDonough. What was that like at Lincoln Memorial? Well, I thought first of all, the call was awesome. I think Sean McDonough, and I'm not biased. It's not my my opinion only is the is the best play by play guy there is, and uh, it was a great call. It was a great play. And uh, for Tanner to have the awareness and to get out of the pocket, roll right, make sure that he got the ball far enough, barely far enough, but far enough, and for uh, Mitch to go up and make a great catch. A uh, little surprised that Nebraska executed that Hail Mary defense uh, poorly, but BYU capitalized on their mistake. And here we are three weeks later, another Big Ten matchup for BYU on the road. You guys will be on the call again, which is fantastic. What kind of differences or progression have you noticed from BYU from Nebraska to preparation for this game? Well, I think uh, Terrence has gotten better. His footwork is really, really good. His shoulders and feet are married when he throws. His intermediate to short throws, on they're long throws, like little hitches outside. He seems to always be on target, and he knows where the – uh, where the football needs to go and the timing and precision between the wide receivers and the quarterback is outstanding. So that's a good sign. Uh, uh, Adam Hine has come on second half of the Boise game and certainly last week 
he's uh, running running with a little bit of anger. And I like the fact that from the first game, they implemented that little split back with the fullback at Ho Ching, 45. Yes. Yeah, he, and uh, I, I tell you, I was really impressed with him against UCLA, lead blocking. Uh, he does a good job of keeping the defender guessing. He hits him high, he hits him low, and he sustains very well. Defensively, there's some problems, and those need to get fixed. And if they get fixed, then it'll be – a great game against Michigan that they let Michigan establish a, a running game and beat them up physically. That's going to be a long day. Chris Billman, ESPN College Football Analyst with us on BYU Sports Nation. You bring up defensive concerns. We've been asking everyone today on the show, what is the number one concern for BYU going into the Michigan game? Let's get specific. What what needs to change for BYU on defense, Chris? Well, do we know if Tui Loma's playing yet, Travis? He- we are expecting him, according to BYU's defensive line coach, Steve Kafusi, that he will see some time on the field. And I know you were huge on him, so let's say he sees limited reps. Yeah, if he's limited, I mean, any reps, if he's capable of giving his best effort, is, is good for BYU. Because in a 3-4 defense, and I don't know if Bronco would agree with this or not, but if your nose guard is stout, then your linebackers are very good. Uh, because he's the one who determines how linebackers make plays. And I think BYU has two good ones inside. Uh, he's as good a nose guard as I've seen in the last two years in college football. I really think he's for that position, for a 3 4 position. But here's the deal. So, from my perspective and just my opinion, that if you're BYU, it seems like everything, okay, there's everything is going to the on block defender. So then the on block defender has to make a tackle in space. If the unblocked defender does not make the tackle in space, then you have Paul Perkins running for 200 and whatever yards he ran for, and you have the UCLA Bruins rushing for 300 yards. So everybody has to be gap sound, and when there's an unblocked defender in space, he has to make the tackle in space. And the same goes for wide receivers. But there were a lot of, a lot of missed tackles, which I didn't see versus Nebraska, which was prevalent against UCLA. So that's the biggest key. I think schematically, they're sound. They do a very, very good job of, of blitzing. They do, do a good job of their zone coverage. They're smart. They don't make mental mistakes. The biggest thing is tackling in space. And then when there's an eight-man front or safety coming down from a two-deep look, uh, they have to make that open field tackle. And they didn't do a very good job of that on Saturday. In terms of tackling, and this is a conversation that uh, comes up quite often with you as a former tremendous tackler, where would you start with BYU in helping them tackle better? Well, you know, there's different philosophies. Uh, I have a couple that I was brought up with. I don't know if you guys know this or not. My dad was a football coach for 45 years. Uh, And so I've learned a game and I've been around great coaches, and the way I believe in tackling is this. I have uh, simple principles. First of all, see what you hit, hit what you see. Hit with your eyes. When you hit with your eyes, you're never going to lower your head, so you're going to protect yourself from injury or give yourself the best chance not to get injured, and you're not going to miss your target. On contact, do not stop at the target. You run through the target. So bring your feet on contact. Then it's one step and wrap, two steps and squeeze, bring your feet. So many times we see guys coming up trying to just use their shoulders and not use their their arms to wrap up and squeeze. 
and number three on an angle tackle. So you want to get your head. See, you're running down the sidelines. Is, that, is it Spencer, correct? Spencer, you're running down the sidelines. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and I'm coming. Well, I'm going to put my head in front of your body. When I put my head in front of your body, I'm using all my body strength, all my weight. I'm using a full man. When my head goes behind your body, then I'm only using half my strength or a half man. I don't know if you can picture that or not, but put your head in front. I like to say close the gate in front of the ball. And if you do those things and you hold each other accountable in practice to that, and I'm not saying take it down, but always do those things fundamentally at a controlled speed, in my opinion, uh, that will carry over into the game. Even without pass, I saw where Bronco put flags on the guys and so they get to the hip. I'm not a believer in that. I'm a believer in, I mean, it's like I said, you know, I'm not saying I have all the answers and he's a, you know, he's a, a coach that's had a lot of great success and he's on the sidelines and I'm sitting in the TV booth saying, here's why. But to me, I would execute those fundamentals in a walk-through, talk-through, chalk-through, it doesn't matter. Then I think you'll be more solid as a tackling football team. This Does tackling, that, that oh sense? yeah, yeah, it makes sense. This tackling clinic okay. brought to you by Chris Spillman yeah. uh, <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation right now. I'm not going to lie. When I pictured you uh, running after me on the side, I shuddered a little There's bit. Chris, sweat on your brow. That's weird. <laughs> well, what happened? I probably would have took the personal foul on you too. So. <laughs> Bring in the we got to have the backup ready. Tanner, the, the Tanner Mangum's got to be ready to go. Oh, that's yeah. that is good stuff. Okay, let's let's look at this game from a national perspective, Chris, and what BYU has done through the first three weeks, coming off a disappointing loss to the tenth ranked team in the country. Does BYU need to beat Michigan, stay three and one to remain nationally relevant? No, uh, to remain in the top twenty-five. Yes, uh, to remain nationally relevant, I don't think so. I think that whenever BYU plays, it's evident by turning on the film that they're a good football team. You know, the schedule is is, uh, is crazy. You had one home game. You're on the road at Nebraska, at UCLA, and at Michigan. And if you can walk away 3-1 and one from that schedule, I would say, okay, that's that's pretty darn good. And uh, if you walk away two and two, it's not what we wanted, but we're no, we're a good football team, and that should set us up for the rest of the season to finish and be successful. Chris, what's the position or player matchup of uh, that's most interesting to you between BYU and Michigan? Well, I, I think it's the the front sevens. Michigan looks horrible against Utah as far as the offensive line and. Uh, knocking people back, and they played really, really high, and they weren't finishing their blocks. And I think BYU, uh, when everybody is gaps down and they're tackling well, front seven is very good. So then as we progressed through the next two weeks, we saw Michigan's offensive line and running backs get better and better. We started seeing their offensive line finish blocks and play a little nastier and more physical. And we saw BYU's uh, front seven digress versus UCLA. So if I had to pick a matchup, that's the one that I'm, I'm going to be watching. BYU is ranked 22nd, Michigan unranked. The Wolverines have lost eight of their last ten games against a ranked team, yet they are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home in the big house. Where would you put the line for this game on Saturday? Uh, I, I, I would 
I'm kind of feeling it. Uh, I'm not a gambling guy, so but I, I mean, I would say even or pick them or whatever they say. I think it's straight up even. I think if I would give Michigan maybe a one or two point favorite only because of uh, home field, but I think both teams are are, are very good and uh, I think strong everywhere at all positions. Chris, always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, if you don't know him, he is the de facto voice of the BYU Cougars yeah. for ABC. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. I love watching them play. They play hard. They're a credit to college football. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you. Chris Spielman on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. That is one of the highlights of the entire show's existence. Chris Spielman breaking down tackling Making Spencer change his <laughs> pants during the commercial break. That's one of the best things we've ever had on this show, dude. So awesome. I great. He said he would have drawn the 15-yard personal foul. Dude, you have a broken clavicle metaphorically right now. And arm. Gee. That was great. Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. awesome. He's awesome, man. Go back and listen to that interview again on the podcast. Up next, 1984 National Champion Defender Jim Herman joins us in Studio B. BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Basketball Media Day is next Tuesday. Believe it. We're 50 days away today from the season opener against Utah Valley. So next Tuesday is Media Day. Watch BYU Sports Nation with Dave Rose and players uh, noon Eastern on Tuesday. There's a press conference as well that afternoon. Uh, BYU Basketball Media Day coming up on Tuesday. We just spoke with Chris Spielman, ESPN College Football Analyst. He'll call the game with Sean McDonough, BYU-Michigan, noon Eastern on ABC this Saturday. Download the podcast to hear that entire conversation, including the Spillman Tackling Clinic. That was fantastic. It really was. Let's refresh today's BYUS and headlines. Game day in the NFL for the New York Giants and Washington Redskins on CBS and NFL Network, 825 Eastern. Wani Unga and Dallas Reynolds, former BYU guys, play for the Giants. Unga leading New York in tackles with 17 this season. The USA Today projects BYU will play Cincinnati in the Hawaii Bowl. That's a rematch, so I don't, That's not gonna I don't happen. believe it. Okay. Also, Tanner Mangum's number 18 in the Yahoo Sports quarterback rankings among the top 25 teams. Sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer plays at Cal Poly tonight at 10 Eastern. And 10th-ranked uh, women's volleyball starts West Coast Conference play at San Francisco at 10 Eastern as well. Just got a tweet from somebody that said, how come you're overlooking rugby? At Scott B. Johnson says, is the three-time defending national champions ranked number one in the country? They are a top 10 team, too. We are just referencing teams just that in are the in season right now. So certainly not overlooking what we BYU rugby has We never forget rugby. Come no, on. absolutely not. Joining <laughs> BYU Sports Nation, another BYU national champion, defensive end Jim Herman. Jim, welcome to Studio B. Thank you. Good to be here. First time. So it's a great place. Your life will never be the same. (laughs) I get that already. I I felt that, yes. (laughs) As you look ahead to BYU-Michigan, you are a guy who has played against Michigan the only time the Cougars and Wolverines met back in 1984. What is your biggest concern in 2015 for BYU heading into the big house? Oh, gosh. I think the biggest concern is runs along the line. I played defensive line, so I'm I'm, I'm partial to that to a certain extent. But I think Michigan is, is that's their strength. Um, I'm unfamiliar with the guy's name, but I watched the Utah game, and they have a phenomenal athlete there, six 
five three hundred. He looks like he's six two two twenty. That's how he moves anyhow. So uh, yeah, they got some beasts up front. I think their defense last year was ranked sixth or seventh nationally. Um, I think that's the strength of their program. So I think along the line, most games are that's where they're won, believe it or not. And I think this is this game's going to be no different. What's this week like for you? Because this is just the second meeting ever between BYU and Michigan. And it it's is. It's been 31 years since it that is. amazing yeah. night. It is. It's a great week. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Wisconsin, just uh, around the corner from Michigan. My brother, my senior year at BYU when we were national champs, was his senior year in high school. And uh, BYU was recruiting him amongst a, a bunch of other schools. Michigan was really kind of his favorite. And through the previous year, I'd got to know the Michigan coaching staff quite well. I got to know Bo, got to know Lloyd Carr. All those guys were guys that focused on my brother. He was a big recruit. So I had a personal connection to the program through my brother. Um, and uh, then it was fun to play him. It, it was great that it came down to that storied, storied program and us playing. And uh, it was fun. It's fun now. It's My brother and I are looking forward to it as, as well as uh, my whole family and everyone I know back in the Midwest. So it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a good time. You're a coach. You're still around football. If you could go into the BYU locker room right now and give this team a pregame speech before they run onto the field in the big house, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think uh, the, the beauty about football is it's it's it really comes down to a lot of those intangibles that are are often encompassed in a great pregame speech. It really is a lot about heart and desire and effort and all those things. It truly is. It's Michael Phelps is 6'6 and has long arms and long appendages, and he's going to be a great swimmer. And there's other guys that are just, you know, can run really fast, and they're sprinters. But the beauty about football is, is guys like the Wes Welkers and the Justin Edelmans of the world can flourish because of desire and effort and heart and technique and all those things. So I'm a big believer in that. I love that whole part of football. Um, that's probably pretty much what I would focus on is you have an unbelievable opportunity to go – to one of the most storied programs in the country, play before 110,000 people on national TV. You got a great run going. Don't let you know you're tired. I, I get the sense that our defense is tired after being on the road two out of the first three games, and and the third game was a was a battle as well. So it's going to come down to that effort, and uh, let's do it. Let's take advantage of the opportunity to go three and one and keep this thing going. You've, you've got a great chance. Luckily, I don't think Michigan will play at the same pace that UCLA did. So f- just physically on, in the game, hopefully they can slow it down I, a little I bit. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I mean, I physically, um, it it may be a little bigger and more brutal as far as at least the front seven go. But you're right. I mean, that was a frenetic pace. And I think UCLA tried to get, you know, Broncos substitutions kind of off kilter by running that fast-paced offense. And I think they did it to a certain extent. I also think based on all the the pregame Josh Rosen hype that, you know, Bronco geared the defense to more of a pass defense than really kind of stopping the run. And I think that whole focus, I'm sure this week, Bronco and and the defensive staff had a more run-oriented practice sessions, I I would assume. With a couple of dramatic wins for BYU, a true freshman quarterback, and then the one-point loss against the now ninth-ranked team in the country, UCLA, what is your impression of this BYU team through three games? You know, pretty good. Uh, first of all, a lot of adversity. Uh, I think Taysom is at one of the, you know, he's one in a 30-year athlete. The guy is truly a beast in so many different ways. And I think it really refined his game. At least that's the way it looked to me by the first half in Nebraska. 
lot of nice touch passes, throwing really well, seemed much more in control and confident and was going to run when it was the right time to run. So that was a devastating blow. But to have Tanner step up, and I think to me as a, as a defensive guy and a coach and who looks at both sides of the ball, I'm, I'm more impressed with our defense than, than really anything. I think we knew we had some good receivers. We knew we had some, a good quarterback. I think you know, we, we hoped that we had two. But I think on the defensive side of the ball, I really like what they've done. They're flying around. They're running all sorts of crazy fronts, bringing pressure from all different angles. So I'm super impressed. And I, I think there's a new energy. They look to me fresher as the game goes on. It looks like there's some more fitness. Um, not that uh, the previous fit, you know, coaching uh, strength staff didn't have them. I just think it's changed a little bit. And they look really good. They look good to me. So my impression has been nothing but positive. Really good. A legitimate team. Take us back to that magical night in San Diego 31 years ago when BYU won a national championship facing this same program, Michigan. Yes, those were good days. Those were good days. Seems <laughs> like yesterday, but they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> the understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a really amazing time. Um, and I've done a lot of kind of reading and research since then as BYU was really the precipitous of, of the whole um, – uh, you know, change in the, the college system. We were ranked number one going into that week, and uh, a lot of people were scratching their heads trying to figure out who they could get to come play us. And uh, contractually and all sorts of other issues, we were limited. And uh, it came down to Michigan, which maybe not have been ideal at the time, but turned out to be a, a great game nonetheless. Um, statistically, we really took it to them. Um, Gosh, I look slow right there. Step it up. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, yeah, it was great. It was fun. It was. It was. It, you know, it, it. It was just what every college, you know, football player dreams of. I mean, to be in that position, playing against a great team, and um, to have everything that went down was just a was was a great experience. Jim Harbaugh was on that Michigan team. He, he broke was. his arm. He yep. was three and one. So did you did you know him before you played I knew Michigan? Of him. Yeah, I knew of him. I mean, I I'm a college football fanatic. I was then. Um, I like I said, I grew up in the Midwest, so I was familiar with the rankings and how it went down. I think he broke his arm against Washington, who was, I believe, he was kind of going for a fumble, stuck his arm out, and I think broke his upper arm. Um, I saw a clip of it, but yes, I knew of Jim and. Um, I also knew of their whole team, Jumbo Elliott. They had, you know, Jumbo Jamie Morris. They had some great defensive linemen, Kevin Brooks, Mike Hammerstein. They they had a really solid program across the board. So um, the year after they played us, they went ten and one, um, and the year before they played us, they they had a, a very successful team. So a lot of people point to the whole six and five thing, but it really was, as you know, um, some close ones. I actually believe, if I'm not mistaken, that if they would have beat Ohio State in the end of the fall classic like they always played that actually Michigan would have gone to the Rose Bowl. Really? So they were one, one, one it was the way it was a really weird mm. year but if you want to go back and read about the conference um, the way it all kind of shook down it still really came down to that game to decide who went to the Rose Bowl. So it was a quality program. They had some losses. Um, may not have been ideal but um, it was it was great. If Jim Harbaugh quarterbacks Michigan in that game. Yeah. 
What's the difference? I, I What's really, the score? Truly, I don't believe there's much of a difference. If you go back and statistically look, I think we had close to 600 yards of total offense. They had around 200, 220 yards. How was that a one-score game? I think I know. Well, I think we had. I know we had at least three turnovers. I think we had actually more than that. We had a punt blocked and a couple fumbles down near the goal line. When and, Robbie faked that injury, as many yeah, of his teammates yeah, said. Yeah, jeez, Robbie, come on, man. For crying <laughs> out loud. And yeah, Blaine came in. Blaine came in. What did you think of Blaine Fellas' performance? I thought Blaine did amazing, and Blaine did everything he was supposed to do. I mean, I'm sure every backup quarterback at a quality program out there thinks they should be number one, and I don't think Blaine was any different. Great athlete. He was kind of a, a smaller version of Steve Young. He was mobile, kind of mobility was his thing. the greatest compliment he's ever had. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, can, I can throw those around since I know them both pretty well. But, yeah, they yeah. Both, uh, both were from the East Coast. They both um, used mobility to their – to their favor, and, and Steve and Blaine was a, a great quarterback in his own right. So it was just one of those things where he got caught up behind the wrong guy. But Blaine did what he needed to do, and hallelujah. He kept the ball rolling, and uh, literally and figuratively and throwing, so it was good. Aside from Blaine, the last time we had a guy from the 84 National Championship team on set here in yes. Studio B... He promised that he was going to kiss Jerem. Okay, so do you want to guess who it was? Uh, I don't. That, that, there's, there's one obvious choice, man. One obvious choice. Know him well. Ex roommate of mine and still a very good friend. I'm going with Lee Johnson. I could be oh, wrong. No, no, <laughs> no. Glenn Kozlowski. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay, it's one of those it's one two. Of the two right? One of those two. Lee, yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn. Yeah, Glenn's a funny dude. Yeah. Who was the biggest character on that team? You know. Um, I've coached high school football the last couple of years, and I truly believe that really good teams have character. Um, and you got to have some weird uh, dudes, right? Uh, yeah, you do, and and it so it adds to the whole mix of what makes a great team. And we had uh, we had our share of characters, and Glenn Kozlowski, Lee Johnson, um, and, <laughs> Trevor and weird? quiet guys, Trevor. Trevor going to see this at all? Trevor, <laughs> I think Trevor was weird and still might be a little weird. No, Trevor, I love you. He's actually, Trevor's a great he's guy. He's on the show every Monday. Sharp guy. I love you, Trevor. Um, he is, uh, he's a sol- honestly very smart, bright, sharp guy. But um, we're all weird, right? We're all weird in our own right. And so, some weirder uh, than others. Some weirder than others. Yeah. But we, without question, we had a lot of character on that team. Jim Herman, BYU National Champion, had 62 tackles in 1984, led the team with five forced fumbles. Jim, great to have you in Studio B. Thank you. Thanks for coming thanks, in. Thanks for being here. We remind you, me. with the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Up next, how many points will BYU score this Saturday? More or less than the always-targeted 24 by Bronco Mendenhall. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio Simulcast on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember our rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Countdown to kickoff is live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Mountain Time this Saturday. Check it out. Ann Arbor and Provo live. We'll break down the game, give you great access, see warm-ups, all that awesomeness. Also, if you're local and you want to come hang out, be in the studio audience for the pregame show. Doors open at 840. Tell them Spencer sent you. We'll watch the game on a 27-foot screen. Yeah, use the promo code SpencerLinton53540 uh, to get in for free. I'm just kidding. It's all free. Nine, doors open at 840 Eastern Time. Your face. Un- oh, my goodness. I'm unimpressed. You're that one gymnast from the Olympics. Who Michaela Maroney. Yeah, unimpressed. 
<laughs> By the way, I asked everyone before the break, will BYU score more or less than 24 points against Michigan? They're going to score more points than 24 against yeah, Michigan. Yeah, we were going to play That's, more or less. Spielman and Herman were fantastic. No time. Can't out of th- let's, you know what? Let's just go to Twitter instead. You got tweets. What is your biggest concern in the BYU at Michigan game? At S. Larson 801 says fatigue. Lots of travel and physical games to start the year. Bumps and bruises accumulating. It's it's a legit point. Uh, does BYU wear down at some point? This is the fourth game. We're going to start to see a little bit of attrition in third this. straight home game yeah. for Michigan. Yeah, I, yeah, I get all that. I think BYU is motivated though and has playmakers, and I I don't see it being a huge issue. Maybe it will be. At Y for Life, their D will be... Oh, we already read that one. At Matt Arama 01, the run defense. Paul Perkins and the UCLA offensive line gashed our defense. We can't let Michigan do the same. True. I think they're entirely different running styles. Listen, Michigan's going to sub. BYU had moments where they couldn't sub on defense, so they got tired. Michigan will let BYU sub. If the offense subs, the defense can sub. It's not a spread type of run. Not getting athletes out in space. It's just... Smash it up the middle. Can BYU stop Michigan in the trenches? Smack Jake Butt. Up next, our elite tweet of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do, Jeremy? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. It's game day for the Giants and Redskins on CBS and NFL Network. 8.30 Eastern time. Wani Unga and Dallas Reynolds play for the Giants. Unga leads the New York football Giants with 17 tackles this season. Football. USA Today projecting BYU-Cincinnati in the Hawaii Bowl. That would be a rematch. What? Not gonna happen. Also, Tanner Mangum, number 18 in Yahoo Sports. Quarterback rankings among the top 25. Soccer. Sixth-ranked Brigham plays at Cal Poly. The Mustangs tonight at 10 Eastern. Women's volleyball. The 10th-ranked Cougars start West Coast Conference play at San Francisco, 10 p.m. Eastern. You can stream the game on WCCSports.com. Softball. Fall exhibition season begins today for the Cougars, who host Washington at Gale Miller Field at 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain. Future guests include Jim Brandstatter, play-by-play guy for the Michigan Wolverines, and Dan Deerdorf. Dude, Monday Night Football alum, man. Chris Spielman and Dan Deerdorf. Back-to-back days. You're bringing it this week. That's how we do it. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Chris Spielman for helping us all be better tacklers in life. Hashtag crush Spencer. I was going to throw it. I thought I heard a 15 count, so nope. I was going to throw it. No, nope, we still so have I'll just some hold time. on to it like Tyrone Wheatley. What is your biggest concern in the BYU at Michigan game at Mama MJG says our lines versus their lines. The game will be won in the trenches. Offense has to give Tanner time. Defense has to stop the run. That's a lot in that tweet right there. Yeah, I wasn't listening to any of that. That Thanks summed to Chris up like Spielman, a whole conversation. Jim Herman and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Now, now I throw, throw the now football. Now throw the football. Now I'll throw lots of things. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Paul Crawford. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Bye!